Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I hope everyone here has been having a wonderful week. I know I am, and it's been a very interesting week. I don't know what weather was like in Lynchburg before I came here, but apparently I brought the rain from Florida. Apparently I did because it has not stopped raining. Every night, storms. Does it affect me? Not really because again, I came from Florida. We got rain so much that for me, you know what? It's a lullaby. Go to sleep, put on some music if you want, but that rain with the thunder, oh my God, does it put you to sleep. But anyway, enough about the thunder, the rain, and sleep. We're going to be talking about this week on today's episode about the Alien and Predator franchise, particularly the interesting history when it comes to its comic book publication. Because the history when it comes to Alien vs. Predator is kind of weird. First, for about 30 years, the both franchises held publication of its comic books to Dark Horse Comics. Which, if you don't know who they are, is basically one of the top five biggest comic book publishers in the nation. They're not as big as Marvel or DC, but they're definitely up there in the top five. Uh, I think the other ones you may be familiar with is uh, IDW Comics, which kind of does the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But uh, going back to Dark Horse Comics, they actually do comic books which aren't too mainstream. So that includes Planet of the Apes before, of course, Marvel took over because uh, Disney owns that now. Terminator. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Hellboy, and actually many more, including Godzilla for the United States versions. And from 18, wait, no, oh my God, 19, I don't even know why I said 18, from 1989 to 2020, Predator comics were published by this company. And for the Alien franchise, they were published in 1988. So both franchises have had over 40 comic book series each. And when they did end up crossing over it, because that's not including the Alien vs. Predator comics, they had over 30 different series. And that's a lot for, what, over 30 years of belonging to a publication? That's a lot of series. And one thing that's pretty cool is for years, they did different uh, stories that were very independent. Rarely at any time did a lot of these franchises basically have a story that crossed over with another one. Uh, a couple ones that did were basically when they kind of crossed over with another property, such as DC. They actually, if you didn't know, had a Batman versus Predator, which actually did a couple of extra spinoffs and a sequel and actually had Superman face off against Alien and later had Batman and Superman versus Alien versus Predator, which was actually a pretty good read. So if you didn't know about that, I hope I gave you something to read. But anyway, besides that, Dark Horse basically kept each story or each series independent. So let's say you had one series that was started back in 2005, it ended in 2006, and they had another series starting up 
that series wasn't a continuation of the one previous to that. It was basically independent of its own. So if anybody picks up a Predator series or an Alien series, they can just pick up from issue one since these issues really ran for maybe five, six, ten at the most. So it was something that they could pick up, read, and start the new one with a fresh face and a fresh story, which actually worked out pretty well. I want to say the only time that the franchise actually continues with a new series was when they did Alien vs. Predator, Sticks and not Sticks and Stones, uh, Fire and Stone, and its sequel, Life and Death, when the franchise basically had the same characters come back and it was a story set years later, which personally was one of my favorite series. But again, for a franchise that's been published by this publisher for over 30 years and for them to have maybe a couple of instances where the same characters pop up again in a sequel series that's impressive very impressive and one thing that was also interesting was the fact that about dark horse was that dark horse did a lot of publishing for fox and other companies for their movie comic franchises and you know what i will say this the comic books that came from dark horse especially with the Alien and Predator franchises were actually very good. And one thing that was really interesting was how they basically took place in different time periods. Sometimes it would be the 80s, sometimes it would be the future. So you really didn't know what you were gonna get. Same thing with the Alien franchise. You didn't know what time period it was gonna be. It was it gonna be set in a prequel to Alien with a ship that was never heard about again? Or was it taking place a hundred years since the movies? It was really nice. And when it came to Alien vs. Predator, another thing. Did it take place back in the past where the Alien vs. Predator movies take place? The future? You weren't always treated to stuff like that. And one of my favorites, like I said before, Fire and Stone and Life and Death actually took place on an alien planet. Where they actually implemented and referenced a lot of the movies. So that was also good because you had uh, excellent lore on the engineers who was introduced into Prometheus. And the good thing about Fire and Stone and Life for Death that it actually expanded upon the lore introduced and did a lot of footwork that Alien Covenant and Prometheus didn't do when explaining the engineers and all that stuff. But after 30 years, everything basically changed for the franchise. Because if you remember, Disney bought Fox and everything was cemented in 2019 when the Fox and Disney companies merged and everything that belonged under Fox was now under the reign of the House of Mouse. And that included the Alien and Predator franchise. So about 2020 was the last time for Alien or Predator to be published under Dark Horse Comics. And if you want to know what happened to Dark Horse Comics, they actually got out, bought out by a gaming company. Whether or not uh, the franchises that were under them are going to be turned into video games, that would actually pretty be interesting because a lot of their independent comics that they was, wasn't a part of a franchise, so like uh, Planet of the Apes, of course, Alien Predator, Godzilla, a lot of them were pretty good stories. And of course, since none of these were mainstream, uh, revamping them in a video game format could actually benefit the company because people are going to want to know who these guys are, similar to like how the boys hey 
what was the boys before the TV show? No one really heard about them. And then once the show took off, people were buying the comics. Same with Invincible. I didn't know who Invincible was before the show. Don't shoot me. It wasn't my fault. Wasn't If it didn't have a DC logo or a Marvel logo or like Dark Horse logo, mainly for Alien vs. Predator, I didn't watch it. Just my preference. But anyway, like I was saying before, uh, Alien Predator made their last stand in Dark Horse Comics in 2020. And I read that last uh, series and I gotta say it was very, very lackluster. I guess they knew that it didn't really matter what they wrote because they weren't coming back. So they just said, what the heck? But it was a very interesting overhaul for the franchise as they were basically getting put under the House of Mouse. And you know how Mickey Mouse is when getting a new franchise that has a bunch of different stories that sprout out. Similar to Star Wars. They basically purge everything that wasn't in the movies. So that's what they did. But interestingly enough, unlike Star Wars, which all the extended stuff basically continued the story of Star Wars, Alien and Predator was basically independent from each other. You can basically have an alien show up somewhere and do a story on that. So purging them really didn't hurt a lot of the lore, except when it came to the Engineers, which I said before, the my favorite series covered that. So besides that, really wasn't overhauling like or doing away with a lot of stuff unlike star wars did but that's another story for another day so like i said i didn't really have any big beef when they did that because there were so many stories within 30 years and since they never connected within the few instances go for it have fun and start something new which is basically what they wanted they wanted to make everything canon so they can basically connect the story and people don't have to keep going back and referencing stuff so that's what they did, and it was actually an interesting chance for them to connect to whatever stories they wanted to, and connect them they did. First of all, they started off with the Alien uh, franchise first, and it was a very interesting story with basically a mercenary who's retired, he basically went on a, a few trips with Wayland to take down some aliens, and he knows about the species. But his activist son decides to break into a ship using his credentials and unknowingly lets loose an alien. So the mercenary who's familiar with the species has to go up there and save him. And it was actually pretty good. I'm not going to say more than that, but it was fantastic. It actually started off pretty well. You kind of already know aliens, what they're about. So having them just start off running with a mercenary who's familiar with the species actually having to go up and save his son from it. I actually liked it. Uh, the second series was also interesting, uh, focused on a farm colony that gets invaded by aliens after a ship crashed and lands on the planet. Now, that was actually pretty cool because you basically had this colony who didn't know what was going on who the alien species was and now having a ship crashed upon them they're having to gather run there's so many twists and turns in this series that i didn't even know what was happening next it actually got me angry whenever the series each issue ended in a cliffhanger because i'm there like why i'm enjoying this don't do this to me <laughs> But anyway, like I said, I'm not going to go into any of these series too much because I want you guys to actually read them. They're really good. And of course, the third series was about a bunch of robots similar to um, 
the ones from the first two uh, Alien movies where they basically have defected. They feel they want to be independent. They don't want to be controlled. So they're hiding out in a planet that would be toxic to humans usually. But since they're robots, they don't really need to breathe. They're fine. They get contacted by their former general who used to send them out on missions saying, hey, something's going on to this planet where it's going to be nuclear and all the food is basically going to be destroyed and thousands, no, not thousands, billions of people are going to starve because we use these planets for farming. What we need you to do is go to this planet to grab a sample of something that will make the plants resistant to radiation. If you do this, you'll be earned freedom and citizenship, so you don't have to be on the run anymore. So they agree, they go to this planet that's basically nuclear because there's so much radiation from something that happened before. And that was basically it, what I'm going to say, and that's the story. It was interesting. I would say it was the worst of the three, but it did bring up some interesting lore, especially when it came to introducing a whole new type of character that is going to be probably showing up in the series in the future. Now, the latest series of the Alien and the newest one is about a family team that is doing research on an ice planet where they find a frozen face hugger, which they report to the company. Uh, their company ends up being bought out by Wayland and now they send soldiers and while they're looking for the face hugger to do some research of their own, aliens that was revealed to be frozen underneath the ice begins to thaw out. And of course, if you guys watched the first Alien vs. Predator movie, you know that aliens can survive being frozen. So now they're free. Do they escape? I actually have no idea. It's still an ongoing series, but like I said, I really think you guys should watch it because it's kind of trying to connect each story because each issue that you get for a new, new series, they kind of reference the old series. Hey, this incident happened on this planet in this year, showing that there's a connection, even though it's a slight sliver, which is more than what Dark Horse did when it, the publication was under them. So they're probably trying to build something up with some of these characters and some of these stories to a, basically an overarching plot, similar to the MCU did with Thanos. But anyway, like I said, a lot of these stories were really good. And one thing I really liked about it was compared to the, of course, the Dark Horse comics, they started expanding on the lore early. And what I mean about that is when it came to uh, the second, not the second series, the third series with the robots, they actually introduced a new variant of Alien where this bug basically for, uh, that was formed from the alien DNA infected somebody and they turned into a human hybrid alien. Now, I don't mean like a face hugger, like attached itself to a human, impregnated itself and then popped. No, 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 no. This DNA actually spliced with the human with the human sort of being alive, now the human is, the human hybrid is bulletproof. They cannot die, and it was actually kind of interesting. And the second new variant of Alien was introduced to uh, from a nightmare standpoint, but apparently um, when a character had a facehugger on them, they were able to feel something was watching them, and this was the goddess. Now, we only got a slight picture of her, and there's nothing really, uh, anything else since this character is brand new. 
But I gotta say, this character looks scary, and apparently it's the final evolution of the Exomorphs. And if this thing is named the Goddess, I hate to see what type of power she may have, or what her abilities are. Because remember, aliens, Exomorphs, they can adapt to any situation. And whenever they impregnate something, whether it be a human, an animal, they take up some attributes, which has given us some pretty uh, cool variations of aliens. And it makes sense. They're a parasitic, uh, very parasitic in the beginning. And once the facehuggers attach themselves, they basically gain some attributes, of course, with the normal ones, which means they're very smart, acidic blood. They got that tongue thingy thing with the extra mouth. But the Alien franchise under Marvel is basically uh, going off with a strong start. I actually liked it. Now, of course, some people will be like, how can you like it? Uh, they did away with everything. But remember, Dark Horse had 30 years of publication. Marvel has had it for, what, two? Give it a chance. It's going to get there. But like I said, the one thing I do like about it is that they're basically trying to connect everything. Especially with the Whaling Corporation. I really hope they play a big part and either get destroyed or become some overarching villain that just ends up fighting where you have two factions. You got the Exomorphs, you got the Whaling Corporation, and you got the regular people in the middle stuck between this war and trying to figure their way out. Because that would be kind of cool. But anyway, that's it for the Alien side. Now I want to talk about the Predators. And the Predator series didn't really start making comic ways until 2022. And that's because uh, Marvel was finishing up some court stuff because apparently the uh, property expired and it was going to revert back to its original writer. So they had to sort that out, which they did. They did it faster than the whole Friday the 13th situation, which I'm happy about. But anyway, like I said, so far they've had two series and the one thing that you notice quick about these two series is that they connect to each other instantly well sort of instantly within an issue or two but anyway uh the first series actually follows someone named theta who is basically a uh, hunting a predator who slaughtered her entire family this series itself was okay. There was a lot of plot armor protecting the main protagonist. I gotta say, it kind of got annoying how much plot armor was put into it. But I mean, I guess the writer was kind of like, um, I guess, I don't know who the writer was. But I can only guess that they had to put in plot armor. They were trying to make Theta seem like this big person. But it kind of hurt the series. But anyway, plot armor aside... Plot armor is nowhere to be seen in the second series, which actually looks to be taking inspiration from the third Predator movie. Follows a group of random people dropped off at a Predator hunting planet. Now, the one thing I really liked about this, and they established this early in the series, is that the Predator captured people. And when they basically introduced themselves saying, hey, yeah, I guess they captured me. When they basically made references to what they were doing or their job, they basically found out that each of the group members are from different time periods. One dude is from the 80s, another person is from the early 2000s, another from 2010, another from the 2020s, and they basically came up with a theory that the Predators did catch them, but they didn't have a need for them, so they put them on ice. And I gotta say, that's actually pretty cool for the franchise to kind of not make changes to the lore, but add on to it. And it kind of makes sense. If you have so many people 
that you want to test out, you're not just going to dump them all on a planet, especially if you basically have so little planets to have them hunt. You have each season come up. So you're going to want to save these people. So I actually like that they were adding some lore to the Predator franchise. They did make references to some of the other films, including the fourth Predator film, The Predator, which I wasn't a fan about, but I mean, I guess it is what it is. All the films are canon. God, I really wish the fourth one wasn't. The only film they didn't uh, reference to was Prey, which makes sense because remember to the United States or to the world, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character was, it was the first time that they interacted with them or they had proof of an interaction. Uh, The Native Americans in Prey, I guess they didn't find any of the markings that we saw at the credits. Who knows? Maybe those were just for us, the audience. But anyway, the series is finishing up this month and it has been really good. And like I said, Theta's in this one showing that there's an actual connection. Uh, One thing that I really loved about this was no plot armor. You really can't tell who's going to die and who's going to live. I really enjoy it too because I had my sight sets on this one uh, person that was going to live, died, instantly died. I loved it. I was mad, but I did love it. I will say the series has ticked me off a couple of times with some of the decisions, but I'm very excited to see what's next for the Predator franchise since the next series that's going to be premiering in September actually is going to take place in the Marvel Universe and will most likely be similar to what um, the DC did with uh, Predator versus Batman, where I have no idea if this is going to be canon to the Marvel Universe or it's just one of those one side stories that they're never going to reference again. And get this, Predator is going to be facing Marvel's own Hunter who is Wolverine. Now, while it is an excellent concept, and I'm super excited for the Wolverine to face Predator, but the one thing that kind of makes me iffy about this is that knowing the Predator will not pose any threat or danger to Wolverine. And you might say, how? Well, let's look at the facts. Wolverine has a healing factor, so no matter how many times the Predator stabs him, shoots him with a plasma rifle, he will heal. He can throw a bunch of bombs at Wolverine. He will heal unless they put him in front of the freaking sun where he can't heal. Second of all, Wolverine's sense of smell. He can track if something's off and track the predator even though the dude's invisible. And third, his claws can cut through anything. So the predator's blade is probably going to feel like Swiss cheese to him. And fourth and lastly... This is Wolverine. He has faced so many different superpowered foes that the Predator will not feel anything new to him. Like it won't, sure, this guy is somewhat dangerous with his tech, but think about all the people that Wolverine has fought, even the other heroes he has fought. The Predator kind of feels lower to that. Like I said, I'm really hoping that they do something where the Predator is maybe looking at the mutants. He has vibranium. He come across his adamantium. Something to put him on par with Wolverine and basically make him a lot more powerful than his normal counterpart. Like I said, that's what I'm hoping they do. But even if they don't, even if they just have a regular Predator hunting Wolverine, I really hope the writing is there because that's what's going to make the series. Heck, maybe the Predator and Wolverine join forces against something. I would actually like that. 
That would be pretty interesting. But anyway, uh, besides, of course, Wolverine versus the Predator, it's very interesting where the franchise is going to go when it comes to the previous two series. Since they're already making marks to show that they're interconnected, is the next story going to be another direct sequel? Or is it going to be another or altogether an indirect sequel where they're referencing some of the other effects or it just plays a part to the ever-growing story? One thing that's also kind of interesting is the fact that while the Predator and Alien franchise has been with Disney for 2019, 2023, I want to say four years now, they have yet to release an Alien versus Predator comic book series, which means they're taking their time into connecting the two universes, which I like. Take as much time as you need to tell a good story and heck, maybe they're waiting to do something when a movie's announced. Because we already got a Predator movie under Disney, which was Prey. Fantastic. Now we're just waiting for an Alien movie or a TV show or whatever they want to do. Apparently, they're coming up with a movie. I'm excited about that because, like many of you, I saw Prey and I absolutely loved it. I loved where they were going with it. I hope they continue with that. Maybe they'll take place in Japan. I love the idea of the Predator facing a samurai. Even a disgraced samurai. That would be really cool. Show a samurai who's disgraced. An a blooded predator or a one that's disgraced itself facing each other to win back their honor. That would be a pretty cool movie to see. But we'll just have to find out what happens in the next few years because... That's how long it'll probably take for another movie to be made from either franchises, especially since box office numbers have been on the low side. Who knows? I really hope that they take the Alien movie that's coming up and put it into theaters instead of Hulu. That would kind of suck, but then again, I really did enjoy watching Prey at my home, eating food where I didn't have to pay $10 for popcorn because... I don't know about you, I don't feel comfortable paying $10, which basically buys a meal in some places, for popcorn. Yeah, that doesn't sound cool. But anyway, like I said, the Alien and Predator franchise has... Both of them have had an interesting journey, especially when it came to their comic counterparts. So I'm really hoping that both franchises thrive under the House of Mouse and that it continues to see some type of success. And just to show that I haven't been the only person who's been commenting on some of these franchises, I kind of asked other people to comment on them too. Uh, One person who's name is Justin in Instagram, who basically introduced me to a lot of the comic book lore when it came to Predator and basically recommended the, uh, oh my God, uh, Fire and Stone and Life and Death comics to me, which I fell in love with. He told me that he wasn't a fan of the first series of Predator that came out with Theta and how much the plot armor, so similar to my uh, session. So I understood that he didn't get to read any of the alien stuff, which I hope he does because they're really awesome. Some of the other guys as well stated that the alien comic book series definitely started off on a stronger foot than the Predator did. And with the Predator facing off with Wolverine, I hope it gives us some really cool comic moments. But anyway, that's it for this episode. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode, especially my love for the Alien and Predator franchise, especially when it comes to the comic books. And I hope you read some of the series that I've mentioned. Well, I'll see you guys next week for another cool episode. Sayonara, see you later, and have a blessed one. Goodbye.